Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Nathan Barry. He is the founder of ConvertKit, where he spends 110% of his time building an email marketing company for y'all. Like he built this for professional bloggers in mind, but honestly, it is the perfect product for any creative entrepreneur, whether you're an artist, a calligrapher, a wedding planner, designer. I mean, I could come up with a lot of reasons why you need ConvertKit in your life, but I am so stoked and so honored to have Nathan tell his story today. Yeah, this conversation isn't about email marketing. It's not a tactic. It's not a strategy, but you're still going to learn a lot. There are some takeaways that you can use on how to make decisions in your own business. But most importantly, we are hearing the raw, honest truth behind ConvertKit's kind of name change and then what they ultimately decided to do instead just three weeks later how they handled some interesting and unexpected reactions to their name change and truly lessons that they've taken away from that experience and what it means to be an impactful brand, a brand that is of service and how they have started to implement those decisions and those ways of being business owners into their brand differently, including some new features that we're going to talk about today. But this one is really good. It's a solid episode. Um, You might want to grab some tissues. It's like just some real emotions of a business owner still kind of working out some really big, heavy decisions that a brand went through. And so Abby and I kind of tear up, but we uh, Nathan does a, a lot of just true, honest reflection in this episode. So I cannot wait for you to give this one a listen. Let us know what you think. Seriously, snap a pic of you listening to the podcast on your phone, post it to stories and tag us at Think Creative Collective. And we share our favorites, but we want to see and hear what you think about this one. Okay. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Strategy Hour podcast. We are nearing the end of 2018, and we are going out with a bang with one of our favorite returning guests that we haven't had on for two years, which is bananas. But welcome back to the show, Nathan. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We are super excited to dive in today. I think a lot of our audience might be aware that a lot of stuff kind of went down with ConvertKit a couple of months ago this summer into fall. And I think we've been wanting to have you on for a really long time to kind of dive into that and break down you know, some decisions that were made and lessons learned and just what it's like to be a growing business <laughs> that has kind of like a lot of balls in the air. And, and when stuff happens, when our audience is getting bigger and bigger, how those things just have such a deep ripple effect. And so, I mean, we'll just kick it off with like the elephant in the room of WTF was about the brand change. (laughs) Yeah, uh, all kinds of things. So (laughs) with the brand, (laughs) I felt like it was definitely coming from a positive place, but it was interesting to see how it all went down. So Let's start at the beginning, and I would love to hear why you even decided to think about changing the name, and then why you felt like it backfired or did it, and then what your decision is these days. Yeah, so the reason, particularly in hindsight, to go about changing the name is that we've always wanted to to think about where to start. But on changing the name, it's really that the business changes over time as well. Right. So what I think this is true for everyone, what you blog that you set out to start the podcast, YouTube channel, anything else, is it the same now as it was when you started it two, three, five years ago, ConvertKit's coming up on six years. And so you think about, you know, how have you changed? How has your ideas changed? And how has your idea of opportunity changed? So when I was starting out, my goal for ConvertKit, and this was a huge goal, was if I could get to like $20,000 a month in revenue, maybe, I mean, it was a crazy stretch goal. Like eventually someday we'd get to $50,000 a month. And then we could have this small team. We're building this, this little tool that people will use and it'll be great. And so ConvertKit was a name that I felt like fit that. It was a domain name that was available. You know, it matched the budget of $9 of being available, you know, just to register. And so it worked. It described the tool and everything else. And so what got us down the road of changing the name is this idea from Jeff Bezos about it being day one. He talks about that a lot, of making decisions as though it's day one. Because I think we can get really caught up in uh, sunk costs, right? We've been going down this path. You know, It could be like, I don't even like this audience that I serve anymore. I don't like this topic. I've outgrown it or whatever. But I'm so invested in this path that I can't change now. And so then if you ask yourself, okay, if it was day one at ConvertKit with my blog, with at Amazon, what would we do? If there's no sunk costs, we have our resources that we have now and our knowledge, but we can go in and do anything. Then is the way we're doing it the way we would continue to do it? So we said, well, ConvertKit isn't the name that we would choose if we were starting over. And we had that opportunity because we would try to find something that really embodied our mission now. Our mission then was, hey, let's build... Let's build a business that supports us, has some recurring revenue. Our mission now is to help creators earn a living. And that's the whole purpose. We now have over 20,000 creators on the platform. You know, We now measure our success by how much the creators earn. And everything is different. And so then we're like, okay, let's, let's revisit that. Let's treat it with a day one mindset. And we've done that all throughout the business with more success 
possibly than this time. Um, you know, if things like a, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, we sat down and said, what would it look like if we redesigned the product from the ground up? And that's where we came out with our visual automations and, and these other things of this willingness to just scrap everything, design, okay, with everything I know now, what's the perfect future? And, and, and then when you have your existing reality and your perfect future mapped out, then going to that, you know, charting a path between. So that's how we got on the, on the idea of the name change of finding something that really matched our, our vision. And we worked on it for probably two years. So it's something that had been on my mind for a long time. And then we came across the name Seva, which when we first heard it, it was pretty special. And the way I heard about it was we were at a company called Prana, uh, which is a big clothing company in, in the US. And they make athletic wear and um, a lot of great stuff. They're, they do like $150 million a year in revenue. They're a big company. And we were meeting with the president of Prana and talking through things. And he, and he said, you know, I would love to... And there's a few people at the office that I would love for you to meet, but they're out today because we're doing, they're out doing a Seva session today. And we're like, what's that? He said, oh, well, um, Seva or Seva is the Sanskrit word that means giving without the expectation of anything in return. And we thought, oh, that's really cool. And so what they do is once a month, they give everyone the day off of work to go do, that day they were doing trail maintenance, but to go give back to the community in some way. And so we thought that was great. And we just really latched on to that idea. Because one thing that stands out to us is there's two types of people that I see earning a living online. And they do it from very different paths. One of them is the creator or the business owner who says, my audience that I've built is there to serve me. I have built that audience so that they will buy my products. They're going to feed my family, pay my mortgage, you know, you are here listening to my podcast in order to meet my needs and whatever part of the transaction that I have to fulfill for you to keep coming back and buying products, great. But that's the way that it works. But my favorite creators are the ones who have the opposite approach. And they say, hey, as the person, as the internet famous podcaster, creator, YouTuber, blogger, I'm actually here to serve you. You know, like Pat Flynn has uh, his uh, t-shirt and part of his brand that's serve first. And I love that. And that's the way we've built our whole business of, no, we're here to serve you. And if we do that, then we're, we trust that you know our needs will be taken care of by having that opposite approach. And so finding this, this one word that really embodied all of that was really special. And so we went down this path of buying the domain name and, and, you know, and then starting this transition to announce that we're going to change the name. And it, I mean, it was quite an experience. It's something I've never, never done a change on that level before. You know, as far as taking a business, we're doing over a million a month in revenue at that point. And we're about to change this brand that so many people know and love. And a lot of people really did not like or and still do not like because it's too salesy or it's too uh, whatever else. And they happily inform us of that in our support queue. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Uh, every day. <laughs> And so I, you know, just to, to finish up the story at our conference, uh, Craft and Commerce on July 1st, I went on stage and announced, you know, all of our changes, features, improvements coming to the product and really telling more of our story of why we do what we do and, and how our mission is to serve creators and help them earn a living online. And then brought it into this announcement that we're changing our name to Seva. Initially, the reaction was in the reaction in the room was very positive. And then the reaction online 
was very positive as well. Because I think the people who, there's some people who are like, wait, what? What just happened? But the people who really didn't like it didn't probably didn't say anything for, you know, two, three days a week or something like that. And so we expected the backlash because humans don't like change. If you've ever gone through a Facebook redesign, humans do not like change. Yeah. You know, that's why Google, when they change something, they like tweak it very slowly over time with like 35 iterations. So you so barely, barely notice. You're like, what? It's always been like this. And you're like, I know actually a year ago it looked like that. Like, oh, you're right. It did. Turns out you can't do that with a name change. Actually, you can, but that's another, that's another side note. And then, you know, we really, there were kind of two reactions from everyone or maybe three. There was the, or we'll say on the negative side, there were lots of positive reactions. There were so many people who came forward and said, wow, this resonates so deeply with who I am and how I view my interactions with my, my audience, that this is incredible. And then there were a lot of people who were saying, it is really special to me that, you know, because I come from a, what they'd say is I come from a Sikh or Hindi background, because that's where the word comes from. And, you know, I've had a convert customer for years. And it's really special to me that, you know, that you're now using a word from that, uh, from that culture, from my culture, basically. And then there was a whole other category of people who were saying, this is dumb. Like ConvertKit clearly describes what you guys do. Your job, visitors come to the website and you provide a kit of tools to convert them to customers. Like why would you, your name is perfect. Why would you ever change from it? I didn't say that to your <laughs> But face, that was Abby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I mean, I'll get on board, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And there, and there were a lot of people that said that. And a lot of people that love the name. One lesson that I learned in that, like what's a brand that you absolutely love the name of? One for me would be Patagonia, but I just, I love their brand. But what's one for you guys? Anything you you love? Uh, I think Apple just because like, how can you use a name that means literally nothing but a piece of fruit and like grow this massive business? Google, Google, I remember, I still remember the day my dad told me about this new search engine thing. And I was like, what's a search engine? And he was like, Google is going to take over the world. He bought stock and he sold it way too early. I could be a billionaire right now. I'm still, I'm still a little, a little peeved, a little uh, frustrated <laughs> with that decision. So if you think about companies like that, Apple, Google, Patagonia, any of these, anything where you love their brand and their name, you would never email them and say, oh, I love that so much. Please don't change it because it's the, that's just ridiculous. Why would they, why would they ever change it? But what you don't realize is that they're getting tons and tons of emails from people saying, I don't want your name to show up on my brand or to be associated with it. Cause I'm not trying to convert. I'm not trying to make sales. I'm, I'm trying to engage and help customers. And so it's this weird thing where, where no one writes emails to say how they love the status quo has kind of a negative connotation, but how they, they love how things are. Don't change it, you know? And so it's the I'm same thing with someone like, yeah, it's actually great. Start emailing them when you love We're it. Just saying, hey, by the way, the way this feature works, the way you wrote this blog post, the way, you know, who you are as a creator, I love that. You know, and like, don't change anything. You're yep. great. Okay. Be- <laughs> because all of the emails that people get are about change this, change that, do this differently. This doesn't work for me. And we start to listen to that vocal minority um, and think that it's larger than it is. And so I guess I was going through the, well, so all that to say, talk about and share what 
you know, what you like, especially if it means not changing something. But the, so we went through those different groups. And then the last group and the one that was most important to us was the people who said, hey, I'm hurt by the change that you made. And that's interesting because there are people who are angry about the change. And I expected that. Anger is a very common emotion on the internet. It's very easy to be angry and it's very, and it's very easy to become calloused. And you kind of have to be as a creator and like, yep, archive that, unsubscribe you from my email list, you know, those things. Quick side note, if you get an email from someone as a reply and they're just super negative, just scroll down to the bottom and hit the unsubscribe button for them on their own email. Did it for you. You're it makes welcome. Me so happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just took care of that. No, even no need to reply. And that negativity is gone from your life. If it's about something trivial, that is. Right. <laughs> but being hurt on the, it's, expressing hurt is different. And when someone says that, then you kind of sit up and listen and you're like, okay, tell me more. And so what people said is the word seva doesn't just mean giving without the expectation of return, of anything in return, or selfless service. You know, in the Sikh religion, it's close to the highest form of worship. It's how, and it's very, very important. And we're like, okay, I read some of that on the internet, but there's very little, and there wasn't that explanation there. So people explain more as I got on all these calls, because I had calls with about 10 different people over the course of a week. And, and they said, yeah, it's because the Sikh religion isn't online very much. You know, so that's why you can go get S-E-V-A as a Twitter handle, as Facebook, Instagram, you know. And part of it is, you know, because it is so important to us. And so through all these conversations, we just realized, we realized a couple things. One, we could have totally moved forward with it as a name. Everyone would have, the people who loved it would have been thrilled. The people who didn't like the name because, you know, they really liked ConvertKit as a name, they would get over it. A year later, they would be like, ah, well, you guys are the same people. It's fine. Oh yeah, I do remember that you used to have a different name. But there's a lot of brands that have changed their names and it's rocky for a while, but a year, two years down the road, everything's fine. But then, you know, this group of, so actually thinking about taking something that is so important to a group of individuals and using that for something different and causing that hurt, I didn't feel good about that. Now I felt totally torn of like, okay, you bring in sunk costs. I had about half a million dollars of sunk costs at this point. And, you know, a whole brand reputation and, and all of that. And so I was like, okay, I can't go back. So how in one of these conversations, I was saying, how do I go about, um, how do we move forward using the word Seva in the most respectful way possible? You know, what can we put out that shares all the different meanings of it? Because it's, it's used in a few different languages and, and a, a few different religions you know, and then, you know, have our story as well. And how do we do it in a respectful way? And so I asked one person on, on a call, I asked him, would you help us do this? And he was quiet for a little while, you know, because I needed someone who understood the true meaning of it and who it was very important to him to help us navigate all of this. And he said, yes, I will help you move forward with the name in the most respectful way. It'll be through hurt and grief because it's taking something that's so important to who I am and reappropriating it, you know, changing the definition of it, uh, weakening the definition. But I will do it. And for me, it'll be an act of seva, of giving without the expectation of anything in return. And so in that moment, I realized, well, first, I think I started crying on that call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I would yep. have too. Mm-hmm. 
And I just realized that we ran our business. We loved the word Seva and we, we pronounced it, you know, a more Western way of Seva. Um, and then, so I've always tried to use our, our intentions with the word of Seva and then, you know, and, and then separate that from this term of Seva. And we loved it because we felt like it represented who we are and who we wanted to be. And so in that moment, I realized that my understanding of the word and really what it meant beyond it was so shallow that if we truly understood even like a tenth or a hundredth of what seva means, that there was there was only one thing to do at that point. And so like the truest way to live out our mission and who we were is to give the name back and to not, like if we're saying that we're trying to live out Seva and that's who we want to be, then there's only one path and to give it back. And so that call happened on a Thursday evening, Friday morning, I gathered the whole team together and told, you know, we all got on a zoom call and I told them that, I told them that story and that we were going back to ConvertKit and people had all kinds of different reactions. There was understanding. There was pride in realizing that, you know, you can, you can always say who you want to be. Um, and then you realize that when you actually make that, when you actually act that out and live it out, that, you know, you can be proud of yourself in that moment. And I think our team realized, oh, wow, we've talked about the kinds of people we are for a long time. And we actually made a decision in that direction when it was impossibly difficult, mm-hmm. when it cost us the most. And, yeah. And expensive and timely yeah. and all the things. And then, you know, there, there was definitely anger and sadness and, you know, of like just it the whole thing not working out so much work had gone into you know this like this feeling of wasted work i mean you're grieving at that oh, point yeah. yeah so it's basically i mean, that, I mean that's what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was really hard because it was basically it was walking away from the culmination of two years of work and then realizing that the truest way to, to live out the things that we believed was to to walk away from that and then over the next I called back all the people that I had calls with who had been so generous with their time, you know, and explaining their culture and their religion to me. And I called them all back and said, one, thank you for your time. A couple of people didn't take the call because they felt like, you know, they could talk as much as they wanted, but I wouldn't ever listen or something like that. And so it was kind of funny. There were two people that said, like, I was like, it would email them and say, can we get on a call again? I'd like to, you know, I have some things that I would like to tell you. And they'd be like, you probably didn't listen the first time, so I'm not going to waste more time. And so then someone else who I had a conversation with who did an answer when I called said like, no, 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 get on a call with them, you know? And so we did. Yeah. And, and they probably, I think every person that I called back broke down crying in that conversation because I don't think that they'd ever felt heard before in that way and ever expected that someone would truly listen. And so it was special to be able to go back and close the loop in that way. And then over the next, we, we wanted to announce it as quickly as possible. We just really wanted to communicate it correctly because we knew that there was actually going to be a, sm- a small group of people. In doing this, in making the change in our name, we had upset, offended, and hurt a few different groups of people. And in, in making the change back, we were now going to upset, offend, and hurt entirely new groups of people. And so there was so there was so much of that story that we wanted to communicate and and share and apologize for. It took us longer than I wanted to, but a decent amount of time. I guess it was probably two weeks 
to go through and craft our message and and talk to the right people and 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 just go to each of these each of these groups and say, hey, how does this read to you? How does this um, come across? Does it communicate what we're trying to say? And then we rolled it out. Uh, one thing that we made sure to do was leave the original in place. So at, at seva.com, we had this letter and a video explaining why we were making the switch. And the first thought was, oh, great, we'll replace that with the letter explaining why we're making the switch back. And then we realized that that takes away from the whole story, like erases or, you know, the mistake and part, that part of the story and all of that. And so we decided to leave it all up. And so it's actually still up now. You go to seva.com, there's the original letter and then there's a banner across the top that takes you to convertkit.com and a letter about why we're saying as ConvertKit. And so just wanting to leave all of that up, partially because it felt like the right thing to do. And then also because of one of our core values, which happens to be on the shirt that you're wearing, of teach everything you know. You know, of just saying, hey, we went through this. Hopefully, if we actually share the whole thing, others can learn from it as well. The reaction afterwards, we had people trying to get cancel ConvertKit as a trending uh, hashtag on Twitter. The internet uh, is so funny sometimes. They're great. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of people say they were relieved that, you know, they loved ConvertKit, that we had every reaction. And it was just more positive than I thought overall. I didn't know how it would go. <laughs> I didn't know how it would go either way. But, you know, the business continued on. People understood. We shared the story and, and uh, there's still people who are like, wait, didn't you change your name? Did you not? You know, and so we've <laughs> emailed stuff out and shared with as many people as possible, but spreading a message is hard. And then spreading a, retract- a retraction of a message to the same people who got the first message is e- even harder. But yeah, we, July 1st, we announced ConvertKit was becoming Seva. And then uh, July 26th, we announced that we were staying ConvertKit. So that's the story. <laughs> How do you feel about ConvertKit now, the name? A name is not an identity and an identity is not a name. There are a lot of companies that have names where I'm like, damn, that's a good name. And I want nothing to do with you as a company. But can I have that domain name? You know, or, or thoughts like that of like, oh, that's great branding or whatever else. And so realizing that ConvertKit is what we make, it, you know, and, and having, seeing the amount of love and care uh, and just the impression that everyone has built over the years of ConvertKit. And how it's so meaningful to them, not just customers, but also affiliates and partners and, and people love it. And so I think we've been so long listening to the, the people who are saying like, oh, great product, great name or uh, great team. But like, what's with the name, you know, that we finally had the other side of it and realizing that, yeah, it's a good name. It, w- it will work just fine. And it's not going to get in the way of our mission. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to say, because we talked about Jeff Bezos and, and day one. So in that moment, at the end of that week, after having all of those calls with everyone, I had a conversation with Barrett, who's our COO. And we were just talking and I said, if we knew everything that we knew now, five months ago, would we have chosen Seva as our name? And it's like, no, we wouldn't have. And so then if we're staying with that, it's from a perspective of sunk costs of not just the money, but also the brand reputation and the convincing and, you know, and all those conversations and the design work and everything else. And that day one philosophy, first of all, will get you in trouble because that's how we ended up in that position of being willing to challenge everything. But it can also get you out of trouble 
Because once you look at it and say, okay, I'm just more knowledgeable and more experienced than I was a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. And so now I get to make the decision in this moment without any of those costs. And it's just a better way of doing business. And I so love that. Realizing, I told the team after we had made that, the announcement back, and I just said, hey, it's day one at ConvertKit. And, you know, in a way, it literally was because yesterday, you know, our name was different and today it's ConvertKit again. And so it's been such an important philosophy for us. And I think it'll continue to be. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I want to tell you guys about this cool new company that just like came into our world where you can easily share stories with your friends and family. Like this isn't your traditional photo book that you send off that's just pictures. It's about capturing things while they happen. Yeah, so this is a really cool keepsake book provided by StoryWorth, and you're going to get a really cool coupon code if you keep listening. But here's how this works. So you purchase a subscription for someone you love. So I'm going to buy one for my Nana, who still lives in Oklahoma. And every single week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. And they simply reply to this email with their story, or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. Everything is super private, and it's only kept with the family that you choose to share it with. And after a year, so a full year of stories, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. Like how cool is that? Like I think you guys would love sharing this with friends and family and especially for like 
the older generation as they age or if you're bringing a new baby into the world like i think this would be a wonderful thing to share with your family and tis the season we got the holidays right around the corner so if you want to get 20 dollars off all you got to do is go to storyworth.com strategy I would love to hear a little bit more about where you feel like the company is going. I, um, Emily and I actually, I don't even know if you know this, but Alexis came out to see us in the middle of all of this. So sometime between July 1st and July 26th, she was in Kansas City and we had coffee and sat down and talked about everything, ConvertKit. And I got a sneak preview of some of the things that you've been thinking about and dreaming about. And I don't even know what you're willing to share at this point, but I would love to kind of hear what your bigger vision is now. Yeah. So, I mean, our vision is to exist on a plaque that sits on every person's desk in the company. And if you actually, if you go to convertkit.com, you'll see it next to the little laptop that has the screenshot. It's just a plaque that says we exist to help creators earn a living. And so our vision will take us wherever that service takes us. But there's a bunch of different things. We're, you know, if you read our mission page, the biggest thing that we're working towards is $1 billion earned by the creators who use ConvertKit. And so we actually made a switch this year, which is really fun. One of the other things that we announced in July is the ability to track revenue and purchases for uh, each person on your list and see what products that they bought and the whole history and all of that which we're really excited about because as a creator, like, Same. Hey, we're here to make a living and you need to know where the money's coming from and all of that. The other reason we're excited about it is we made a switch this year. This was our, our biggest goal for 2018 was to stop measuring our success based on how much money we made and to switch and measure our success based on how much money our creators made. And so since July, creators on ConvertKit, when we rolled out this feature, and actually it's still only used by a quarter of the customers or so, a little more. But creators on ConvertKit have earned over $56 million since July. And so we're like, that's, that's where we're at. That's what I'm so excited about. And so we're going to use that as our North Star of like, okay, we're not at this point yet, but we want to have conversations where, you know, I'm going to my leadership team and say, hey, guys, we're, we're missing our Q4 numbers. You know, like revenue is not where it needs to be. And that conversation happens in most companies. And... You know, I expect them to go, okay, yeah, what can we do? You know, and in most companies, it'd be like, hey, how can we, what, how can we get more accounts generated and all of that? But my team will know that I'm not talking about our monthly recurring revenue. I'm talking about we set a goal that our creators would earn this much by the end of this quarter and they're not there yet. So how can we help them, you know, who, uh, for next quarter, who, need, who do we need to get on strategy calls with? Who do we need to meet in Kansas City to help them? plan their business or, or whatever else. Who can we feature? Who, you know, uh, who can we give pricing advice to, to say, hey, if you actually add these two tiers instead of just having a single product, then you'll probably increase your revenue by 50 or 60%. And so having that approach and through that, taking the SAVA mindset of selfless service and trusting that if we structure our whole business around, around serving the creator, then it'll come back and take care of us and, and we'll be just fine. A thousand percent. A better end result for us by thinking about it in the reverse order. I love that. And to to give positive feedback of instead of hearing all the negativity in your inbox, that conversation with Alexis 
we, as our listeners know, we have moved email service providers twice this year. Um, it's been a hot mess. And in the time that we were chatting with Alexis, we were on a different email service provider. And uh, yeah, yeah, we were on active campaign. Everyone knows where we were. And we had no plans of leaving. We actually like started the conversation like we still love ConvertKit and we still recommend it to everyone, but here's where we are and here's why. And she was literally like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, how can we help though? And it was truly like a, like a couple hour long conversation of like, yeah, but as an affiliate or as someone who loves ConvertKit or as someone who recommends it, we still want to help you show up for that and help you do better and provide more. And that brainstorm over coffee was like when you were talking about earlier of having people like truly feel heard. It was a very, we're truly feeling heard type of conversation. And I can't wait to see how else that turns out for, you know, workshops that you offer, calls that you offer, however that manifests itself. But I think it's working. And I think at least a few people are feeling that and seeing that. And as a a business who, for us personally, started and continues to run our business on a give, give, give mentality... It's nice to not only hear that other business owners do that, but to truly see it and feel it brings an entire another level to the conversation. Yeah. And just to kind of follow that up, I mean, it was three years ago in Emily's office that we had a phone call with you for the first time that got us to join ConvertKit. And the only reason we left at all was because we were convinced that some feature on some other platform was going to magically change our business. And in fact, it just complicated it. I will I'll straight up tell you that right now. And it was not what it was supposed to be. It never cost us way more money. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, so we're we're home. Yep. We're back. Yep. We're a convert kit. We're never leaving again. And if we need something, I'm just gonna call Nathan instead of leaving. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about so what you're saying there of there's another aspect of that give, give, give mentality that you just end up having way more fun in business if you approach it that way. Because we do, we have a couple other things that we do. Last year, last year, this year, we came out with a documentary called I Am a Blogger and a coffee table book. And people are like, how does that make you more money? And like, I can, I can make a business case for it. I can say, hey, through storytelling and all of that, inspiring creators, a bunch of them will use ConvertKit. Like, well, I can make that case. But it's really just fun to do. Of like, why did we why did we do that? Because it was fun and we wanted to do it. And it's a way of giving back. And same thing, people are like, Wait, you run a conference, but it's only three hundred people. And how does that make sense? You know? Because it's fun and we get to invest in in these people. And it's the same thing with like the masterminds that Alexis and Haley on our team have been running. You know, just meeting people in person and and spending that time. Because one thing that I think uh, each creator should really, we're really good at, as creators, as bloggers, podcasters, every, you know, whichever category each person falls into, at planning for the next three months or six months, or, you know, hey, this is my big goal for 2019 or something like that. And I think we tend to really focus on that accomplishment side of things. Okay, give me the list that I can check off. And so one thing that I've thought a lot about as an entrepreneur is it not being about seeing those as destinations. Sure, they can be, you know, little milestones along the way or something like that. But in the world that I come from and have the software space, you know, everyone's trying to build their company to sell it. 
And so it's like, hey, what's the five years that I can do to be, you know, flip the company and be rich and whatever else. <laughs> and so I think of it instead about, okay, what's the journey that we're going on? How do we structure it in a way that we truly enjoy the journey? Because that's all there is. There is no destination other than to give a guideline of this is generally where we're headed. You know, there's no sale coming. There's And so when I talk to the team, I'm like, okay, what are the things we have to put in place so that we can do this as the same group of people for 10 more years? Uh, Because people are like, when are you going to sell the company? I'm like, well, consider it in 10 years. They're like, okay, wait, you said that a year ago. So it's nine years now. I'm like, no, 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 it's 10. The perpetual rolling 10 years. And so when you think about it, what are the things that you're doing, the decisions that you're making because you feel like those are the sunk costs or you feel like you need to optimize for some outcome or you feel trapped in that way because you've gone down a path, you've made these changes, you've put your name and reputation and all this stuff and you don't want a failure or a project associated with you or, you know, a name change, if we were to use a hypothetical example. Um, you know, and, and what are those things that you're just holding on to because of those expectations of other people? And instead, let go of those and, and go for the things that you're saying, no, this is, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. This is what's going to make me enjoy the journey, even if it means walking away from money, the money wasn't actually the hardest thing. The hardest thing was knowing that a whole bunch of people were going to respect us less because of the decision. Yeah, that hits a um, lot harder. And yeah. And, but then realizing like, wait, if you hear the whole story and then why we went back to ConvertKit and you respect us less for that, then I'm okay with that. Turns out that if I've done my best to explain it and you you know, think that we caved to pressure or something like that, then you know what? Your opinion isn't the one that, I'm going to, it's not going to keep me up at night. Exactly. And that's okay. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a great place to wrap. I think that serves as a really good talk strategy to me segment. If you guys kind of play that last bit back of, I really truly think every single person listening can take away that day one mentality, no matter how big or small your business is. I think truly sitting here evaluating why you're making decisions and why you're not making certain decisions. I think that that can be helpful no matter where you're at in business. Thank you so much for this conversation, Nathan. Thank you for being open and sharing as always, as I know it's a value of your guys' over at ConvertKit. Maybe in my top five favorite podcast ever. Yeah, this was good. This was good. If there's anything else you want to add before you go or any, any places you want to plug for people to head, you can do yeah. that now. So always check out convertkit.com. That's where we put everything that we do. So if you're looking for resources, then our publication Tradecraft put out once a month. Each it, It's like an online magazine. Each issue is on a particular topic. That's really good. So convertkit.com slash blog. Those are probably the big things. I'm open about everything in the business. So if you, you know, I've written blog posts and had a revenue public, you know, since back in the day when we were making like $2,000 a month. So that's all at nathanberry.com. And there's, I'm actually writing consistently there again. So there's a post there every Monday. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features. So together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more 
Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. 